Welcome to another episode of Nipe Story. This is a fortnightly podcast that brings you audio versions of short stories from Kenya and across the continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mwachiro. On this episode, we're featuring Beach Boy by Troy Onyango. Afterwards, we take a stroll on the beach while sipping our madafu and thinking of what to say to each other. But our words are the things we swallow and forget to spit. The sun is slinking down the horizon, half submerged in the ocean, and the water looks as if a fiery liquid has spilled on the surface, replacing the calming blue with a deep shade of orange. Seagulls fly in a circle, then break away into a V-shape and back again into a circle. Their squawking sounds fill the air, and the wind blows eastwards, distorting their song. We walk in silence, consumed by the sounds around us and the unsaid words trapped in our throats. The water slaps gently on the shore, and our feet part the coarse sand rudely. He turns to me, his right eye slanting to look at me, and he asks, Do you still love me? I take a long sip from my straw and swallow hard, the gentle gulp of the liquid almost making me choke. I cough lightly and breathe in the salty air that smells of dead fish. I let out a loud sigh. (sighs) My answer is formed in my head, but not ready to leap out. The sound of the world drowns my response, and when I turn to face him, his figure is a silhouette, floating, gliding down towards the bend where the palm trees sway and hug each other as if in fervent prayer. I want to shout and ask him, if I say yes, Will I see you again? Something about the way he leaves tells me this is another story that has no ending. I throw the coconut shell to the ground and the ocean swallows it alongside the straw. Left to myself, I think about heading back to my hotel room, but the silence in my room makes me think of death and sex as if the two are the same thing. And now that Theo is not coming back to me, I know... I know there's no point in rushing back. I know I'm bound to find messages from him when I get back about how I always call him when I'm at the coast just to use him for his body. I know he will curse me and call me selfish. But as always, I will remind him that I never force him to come to me. Furthermore, I will remind him that he is the one who keeps texting me, asking me when I'm coming down to Mombasa to see him. I play out the confrontation in my head and decide to take a walk along the beach, further down towards where the dows can be seen, waiting for the tourists who want to catch the late sunset. The cold wind licks my scalp and the nape of my neck. I rub my hand on my shaved head to shield it, but the gentle assault continues. I walk on. 
A black polythene bag swims in the water, and a heron dives to catch it before realizing its folly and trying to spit it back into the ocean. A herd of quirking birds circled heron as it gets even more entangled with a polythene bag. The wind changes direction and blows southwards. I shield my face against it, my eyes still trained on the heron struggling to set itself free from its snare. I think it, it serves the bird right for trying to grab some fish from the shore. But then, I imagine that I was the heron, and suddenly, I'm filled with pity and immense sadness, and my chest tightens because of the bad feeling that's washing all over my body. I wish I could fly so I could help it, but instead, I stand at the shore, the water teasing my feet, and I feel helpless. From the corner of my eye to my left side, I see the figure of a man slightly taller than I am and with the chest sides of a boulder walking towards me. His hair is locked in thick tufts that are formed into dreadlocks, not from styling, but neglect. His faded denim trousers are rolled at his knees and he walks with an exaggerated sense of swagger in the shallow part of the ocean where the froth rises, the water cleaning his feet and the sand making it dirty at the same time. He stops beside me and follows my gaze upwards where I have turned back to watch the heron falling lower and flapping its wings with less energy and determination than before. He points to the heron and asks me if that is what I'm staring at. I nod without looking at him, and he says in a somber voice that the heron is going to die. What he actually says in his sing-song Kiswahili is that the heron is dead already. I remember my straw floating in the water and my heart constricts and my limbs feel weak with so much pain for I too have contributed to this. I ask him how sure he knows for sure the heron will not survive. He tells me the ocean is dying and everything with it. I click my tongue, sigh, <laughs> and turn to face him even though my eyes are at the level of his chin. I notice the hair on his chest that looks like an aerial view of the Congo forest. He has a rugged, borderline attractive look that I preferred early on when I was in my 40s, before I met Theo. I try to make a conversation and ask him what he does, <laughs> and he laughs in a way that sounds like a dry cough. You're not from around here, are you? He asks. No. I'm visiting from Nairobi. Ah, nilijua tu. Wewe ni wale wabara. He teases and switches his accent into something I have never heard before in my life. But I know it is how people from the coast imagine that the people from the capital like me speak. I look at the sky just in time to see the heron drop down into the water like a comet. The sound is brief and distant, but my body clenches when I hear it. The ripples on the surface of the water tell me this strangest prediction has come to pass. The wind is still. There's so much silence around. It's as if the world has died alongside the heron. His voice reminds me that he is still here. Still standing a few inches away from me with his skin that smells of the salt 
that remains when the water from the sweat has evaporated. The childlike squeak of his voice makes me think of the first time I bumped into Theo at a club in Lavington and spilled the drinks on his all-white linen attire, and he told me I was a clumsy piece of shit. I stared at him in silence as he hurled insults at me, then in a strange turn, caught himself mid-sentence and apologized right afterwards. I offered to replace his drinks and take him shopping for a new set of clothes the following day. That was almost ten years ago, and Theo was no longer the impatient young boy, but the one person who knew and understood how to love me. He, he would never hurt me, not intentionally, not even the day he announced that he was moving out of Nairobi. Huku hakukaliki, he said, when he meant, this city does not sit well with my spirit. I turned to the stranger next to me and tell him that I'm looking for nothing at all. He shrugs and tells me, Sawa, but I know everyone who comes down here is looking for something. He looks like he has been around these shores longer than I give him credit for. I smile and ask him how old he is. He forks his finger through his matted jet black hair and tells me, Is that what you need to know? You can ask for weed, cocaine, women to fuck until your dick hangs limp, anything really, and you choose to ask for my age? Kaka, unamchezo sana. He laughs, and this time it sounds different, like it is emanating from a different person, as if he has been replaced by a younger version of Theo. I want to scoop his laughter as soon as it leaves his mouth, cup it in my hands, and keep it with me for a long time. He keeps laughing, as if he knows his laughter is pleasant to hear. The water, too, is silent. I'm not into women, really, I tell him, and I hang my head low as if weighed down by my confession. I do not wish to see how his face has changed, so I choose to look away into the water, which has turned black as if poisoned by death. Ha! Ungese mahibyo! You should have said, he says. I can get you a beach boy for a commission. I want to walk away before I make a mistake, but I stand and listen to his proposition. Unapenda the slim ones, ama you like the ones with the muscles? He asks. One could think he's describing an animal, something that merely exists for its flesh. Kama tu wewe, I tease him, just like him. Kaka, unailangapi? I think of a random amount, something that I can give easily, if at all he's serious with this. 20,000, I say. It is only after I've said it that I realize what a huge amount it is. But money has never meant much to me. I've always had it from my father, who toiled all his life to make sure I had the best. Also, I spent all those years working in the Ministry of Finance, so I could afford whatever I wanted. I've always thought that life is too short and you have to enjoy your hard-earned cash. Especially now that I feel old and things don't come to me so easily. Wallahi! he exclaims, as if to verify my offer and also to express disbelief. Yes. Kaka. Mimi nitakufira ukitaka. 
Maana mimi si shoga lakini hela ni hela. I'm not gay but money is money. His words ring in my head. I watch him and wonder why I could not have just agreed to move to the coast with Theo. Why I insist on cradling loneliness in Nairobi when I have Theo always patient with me, always loving me. I listen to the lulling sound of the ocean, to the distant songs of the seagulls, to the silence of the heron inside the water. I must tell Theo, the ocean is dying and everything with it. I walk fast towards my hotel. The sound of the man's feet behind me is the only thing I can hear. Beach Boy was written by Troy Onyango. This is his second contribution to Nipe's story. Troy Onyango's work has been published in various magazines and anthologies. He has an MA in Creative Writing from the University of East Anglia in the UK, where he was a recipient of the Miles Morland Scholarship. To read more of Troy's work, you can visit his website, that's troyonyango.com. You can follow him on Twitter, and his handle is at Troy Onyango. If you have a short story that you'd like to share, please email us at producer at fingerpiano.co.ke. Make sure your word count is between 750 to 4,500 words. Nipe Story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from. Please write a review and rate the podcast and tell your people about our podcast. You can follow us here on SoundCloud. On Facebook, we are Nipe Story and on Twitter, our handle is still is at Nipe underscore story. Nipe Story is a finger piano production. <laughs>